Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. It's Cosmic Queries edition. Chuck Nice. What's happening? You're always there for me. That's right, my friend. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you like learning because otherwise this would be a really crappy job for you. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I'm glad I like learning too. <laughs> for, for reasons other than just even this. Uh, yes, I, no, it's I think always you, great. Your mama would be proud, the uh, school teacher that she was. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's where I get it from. You know? <laughs> there you so, go. It's very cool. So with Cosmic Queries, and occasionally, you know, the bag of Cosmic Queries collects, and sometimes they don't fit into categories. Yep. So we've made a category called No Category. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Cosmic queries, no category. No cat beyond description. Yes. So, all right, we'll see. We'll see what we got. Yeah. We'll, we'll just pull them out. All so right, here is, we go. Let's uh, let's get to... Uh, got some Patreon members up all, front? Always up front with the all Patreon. Right, Thank you for your money, guys. We appreciate you. That's Patreon mm-hmm. patrons. Victor Sanchez says, all right, knowing that dark gravity is out there, but we don't know how it got there. Could it be that dark gravity is the residual energy from a dead black hole, as Stephen Hawking had a theory that black holes do eventually die after a very, very, very long time. And that's the mm. end of that question. But That's they, an interesting question. Who yeah. asked that? That was uh, Victor Sanchez. Okay, very good, very interesting question. Take I think him. we've had gun questions from him before. I yes, think. we have. Yeah, Victor, Victor's, Victor's, a Victor's a regular. Victor's yeah, a regular. He's a regular. And clearly, he's he's literate, knowing that black holes evaporate. Yeah, and and, and, and he did some name drop Stephen Hawking. And, yes, you know, and the we, Hawking we radiation and the whole right, deal. Right, right. You know, so let me just re- remind people, uh, or alert you if you've never known that black holes evaporate 
all evidence, all theoretical evidence points to the fact that they evaporate. And the way this happens is the energy of their gravitational field is so high that it spontaneously creates matter out of it. That right? is you unbelievable. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy so and matter cool. on opposite sides of that equation equals mc squared. Right. So if, so matter can become energy, energy can become matter. That's right. how that works. And that's the recipe if you're going to make that happen in your kitchen. So at the just outside the, the event horizon of a black hole, what you can make is spontaneously fabricate particles from that energy field. Wow. And when you make particles out of energy, you make a particle and an antiparticle. Right. That's the rule. That's just how that that's how the universe rolls. And they fly in opposite directions. Okay? So one falls back into the black hole, the other escapes. It turns out that when the black hole loses energy from its gravitational field, it's the same thing as it having lost mass. Same thing. Wow. So in fact, the black hole weighs a little less for this. And this just keeps going. It's very slow and it's not very efficient. Take a long time, but eventually the entire black hole dissipates back into space. And it only takes three trillion years. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, a little longer. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, the, well, the black holes in the centers of galaxies. Right. If you super, run the super massive. It'll, it'll take about a Google years. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very long time. That's a long, long. Okay. Yeah, so, so there's, in fact, there's a long tradition of those interested in my field to look in the very distant future of the universe. So uh, there's a colleague of mine who wrote a book, The Five Ages of the Universe. Okay. And uh, his last name is Adams, you can look it up. And he, uh, in it, there's the age of like stars, okay? Mm-hmm. Fine. All right, well, is, what is another age? Well, when all the stars are dead and all you have are black holes, then the only energy coming out is the black hole evaporation. Right. So then you have this era of just black holes evaporating. All right? right. But that's a way long in the future, and that takes a really long time, but nothing else is happening. Right. So you get to label it by that according to what the primary thing that's going on over that time. So uh, relative to that period in the universe, the age of stars is just a blip. So... So anyhow, so the question was, could the dark energy, the dark gravity, be sort of the spirit energy left over in the field of a black hole? Right. I I think that's the question. And the answer is no. Okay. (laughs) And there you go, Stephen. Thanks for playing. (laughs) The answer is no. (laughs) So, no, here's the thing. It's the, if you run the history of the universe back, Whatever it is that is the dark gravity, the dark, the, the dark matter, whatever that is, it cannot physically interact with ordinary matter. Hmm. Because if it did, it would completely change what the universe looked like. So it has to have gravity and not interact with us. And a black hole... Does, does both. Does interact with... Sorry, black hole has gravity. Right. But the particles that evaporate out of it, we interact with those particles. Those right. are like, it's regular matter that comes out. So, all right. So no. let me ask. Let me ask a follow up. So you, you can't appeal to black holes for that. No. <laughs> exactly. Right. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, actually, you can't appeal to a black hole for anything. They are <laughs> you, you so try. unreasonable. <laughs> you could try. They're so unreasonable. <laughs> it's just like, bro, bro. Why do you got to take everything? You're such a taker. 
such a take. You cannot reason with, you know, I should, I should tweet that. You Never cannot, try to reason with a black hole. Cannot reason yeah. with a black hole. <laughs> All right, so um, based on, this is just out of curiosity, based on what you just said. So now, um, since we cannot interact with it, and it does have gravity, so this is this force. Is it possible that this force... But just, I want to be clear. Go ahead. You can interact with this stuff gravitationally. That's right, exactly. That's, that's right. But the, this whole other level of interaction that I'm talking about is why we even exist. It's the fact that the material can come together and make atoms and molecules. And that's why you're this physical thing that I can touch. And right. you're, you're a physical entity that is matter collected doing other interesting things as a collected unit. Dark what we call dark matter, matter or dark gravity has no such properties. Right. Because we, we and, right. And that's why we don't know what it is because it doesn't have those. Correct. We don't, we right. don't know what it is because it doesn't it have It doesn't those interact properties. with light or, or the energy or electromagnetic uh, forces. That's right. Correct. So now, is it possible then that it's kind of a platform that predates all of us? And when I say all of us, I mean the universe. Uh, Yes, well, it's there for, it was there from the beginning. Right. So I don't know that it predates us, but it co-dates us. Okay. And it is, and we, here's a way to say it. Its presence shaped what matter did afterwards. So in that sense, it, pre, it, it, it's, it pre-organized us. Pre-organized. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, so here it is. So it's, it'd be like looking at an ocean at night, at, at like late twilight, and you see sort of the white caps on the on this it's like maybe it's a gently moonlit night if all you could see are the white caps you say oh the ocean is just these little white caps and then the sunrise is like there's a whole ocean there right okay and you realize the white caps are just these little it's evidence of there being water but it is a small fraction of the total water that's there so we spent our whole lives finding galaxies in the universe thinking that that was the material representation of matter in the cosmos turns out no, these are the galaxies are found where dark matter has collected them. Right there, it is. Ah, uh, that is so, so. So, in some galaxy clusters, there's, there's a hundred, a thousand times more dark matter than regular matter. Right. Wow. So, so we we are the froth on the waves. Oh man, God, can't we just? Can't we be? Can't we be the foam in a cappuccino? I don't want to be. The, I don't want to be the froth on a wave. Foam on a cappuccino. That's good. That's better. It'd be better to yeah. be the, the, uh, if an Italian had come up with it. Then maybe that's what they. That's what said. it might have been. Cool. It totally. All right. Say. Hey, Victor. Great question, my friend. What was the song from? Was it the 1970s? All we are is dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. All we are is froth on the in the wave. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad they didn't write the song that way. <laughs> all we are is froth in the waves. No, no, all right, no, here we go. All we this, are, are are white caps. No, no, that was that was all we are white caps in the open ocean. Okay, I, I like dust in the wind a little better. Okay, all <laughs> I'm right, gonna go with right. dust well, in the wind because it had a beautiful tune with it. But go yeah, on. yeah, that's what you need. You need actually that's what you need now is a melody. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, all right, so go on. All right, let's go to Glenn from Patreon. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn's like Cher. Glenn does not need a last name. It's he, just Glenn. It's just Glenn. All right, yeah, Glenn. The problem is there's a zillion Glenns out there. <laughs> there's probably only one Cher. Right. <laughs> right. I feel bad if your name is Cher and you got to have a last name. <laughs> All right. So uh, Glenn right, says, Glenn. how can we tell 
when an area is obscured by a black hole or whether it's just an empty area of space, how much of our view of the night sky is obscured by objects such as a black hole. So, right, so, so, so uh, space is mostly empty. Wow. Okay. I think we said on a previous broadcast, I gave the example of how empty space oh is. Oh, my God. And it's, 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 it's it mind-boggling. You ready? Right. Mind-boggling. So you, you look at a sentence printed on a page, and then the sentence ends with a period. Right. I think in Europe they call it a full stop, but there it is, a period. If the sun were the size of that period, the, the, and everything shrunk to match that, match that up, the next closest star is four miles away. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, seriously, every time I think about that. Right. So when you, I mean, you got to imagine that scale and the distance of four miles, because we all know what four miles is. And we all know, and we all know what a single kilometers, right. And we all know how small a period period is. Right. So, so what I'm saying is, as you look out into space, your sight line is not accidentally bumping into anything. Okay. It looks like the night is filled with stars. Well, because you're, you're finding the stars to look at. If you just close your eyes and like threw a dart, it would just go here hit to the nothing. End of the universe. Yeah, it hit nothing. Wow. Be all air, all space. All space. <laughs> so, so no, the space is not crowded so that things are blocking your view. What you know, sorry, you know what does block your views? Huge gas clouds. They block mm. your view. Right. Because they're huge. They're, they're, they're manifold times larger than the solar system. Whole right. star clusters are formed out of such gas clouds. Right. So you know they're huge. And radio waves pass right through them, which is why radio waves is, are the, is the band of choice for aliens. If you want to talk to aliens or you want to hear what message they have, they probably know, if they're smart, that radio waves pass through all the obscuring dust and gas in the galaxy. So you would use that. If you used visible light, then it would just get absorbed or scattered and you wouldn't be able to communicate. Right. So radio waves will go through, but ordinary light, visible light, no. So gas clouds can block your view. In fact, the Milky Way at night, there are these dark lanes and people thought, oh, that's where there are, 100 years ago, oh, that's where there are no stars. Maybe right. we see through the galaxy to the rest of the universe. No, they're dark clouds that are actually obscuring your view from what's behind it. And that took a long while to figure out. Wow. And something to consider this. In Australia, the, the native Aborigines, uh, and like everybody else in the world, they had cosmic lore about what they see in the night sky. And to them, they identified not the brighter areas of the Milky Way, but the dark areas. Mm. They gave meaning to the absence of light. Wow. Rather than to the presence of light. And in fact, one of the largest dark lanes is called the Great Emu in the sky. <laughs> very, very local uh, fauna. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at it, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a tall neck and it's got a, a beak area. So it's an emu. So just, it's an interesting distinction between a Western concept that something has to give you light for it to exist as a thing. And in Australia, where the absence of light was the thing itself. So, so they're working in negative spaces. That's yes, cool. As the, as the designers would say. Yeah. So, so uh, now, how would you know a black hole is there? Because it's completely distorting all of the imagery surrounding it. Right. Because it, the fabric of space and time 
um, doesn't send light in straight lines. It curves, and you will see this. So if you if you travel through space and all of a sudden your images start taking these circular distorted patterns, back to hell. Right, exactly. That's a detour sign. That's a detour sign. That's the detour sign of the cosmos. Go that, there, there you go. Get the nice. hell out of, the, out of the path. So yes, you would know black holes if they were in front of you. Cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's take one more Patreon patron. Mm-hmm. This is Travis Mansfield. And he says, do you think SpaceX is just a front to a larger Armageddon conspiracy? Like maybe we already know that a huge asteroid is going to hit Earth and, uh, and, and, and this is our only hope. Uh, I'm not authorized to comment on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> next next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck, we got to wrap it up. But that's a really good question. And see what I did there? I'm making yeah. you wait. Little you guys, teaser. Like, Little teaser. Commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we come back, more Cosmic Queries Galactic Gumbo Edition. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to touch on conspiracy theories when we return. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. We're back, Cosmic Queries, Galactic Gumbo Edition, which is a category unto itself that Chuck invented. <laughs> Galactic Gumbo. Yeah, guarantee. Guarantee. Yeah, Questions are completely random That's out of right. this bag. Uh, so we left off with a cliffhanger on conspiracy theory. So, Chuck, read the whole question again. Just All right. So we, we're on the same page here. Go. Okay, cool. Travis Mansfield, do you think SpaceX is just a front for a larger Armageddon conspiracy? Like, maybe we already know that a huge asteroid will hit the Earth and uh, Martian colonization is our only hope. Boom. All right. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, as you know, we upload billions of photos and videos to the Internet every day. Let's just start there. Okay. Second, a conspiracy requires many people participating in a lie 
on a level where the temptation to let others know is somehow removed from people's behavior. And so I... And it would require the government to successfully pull this off. Mm. And anyone who's worked for the government knows how inept they are at keeping secrets. Yeah. Or doing anything organized at such a level. Right. So I think the urge to want to believe that conspiracies are driving everything that's happening around us needs a deeper psychological explanation that we don't currently have. Okay. So ask the psychologist why you want to believe there's a conspiracy. That's that's really what we should be doing here. Not asking, I think there's a conspiracy, convince me that it isn't. Why do I think there's a conspiracy is the real that's, question. That's the question. Gotcha. Exactly. Uh, so Travis, there's your answer. Um, we're going to send you the number of several therapists. <laughs> And um, have at it, my friend. Have at it. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a couple. There's a couple teledoc. In it. Yeah, there's a couple that you could do through tele, like you know, Zoom. And it's, it's. Listen, it's a good thing, my friend. It's a good thing. <laughs> so at, at some point, you have to ask. Why don't you completely flesh out the conspiracy? Just put in all the details you need. Right. Okay. It would mean the government has discovered an asteroid that's going to destroy us all. Right. And they're keeping that a secret. And everyone else in the world who has a telescope who can detect it somehow is missing it, but only the government caught it. Right. Then the government is putting in a, is secretly negotiating with SpaceX to build spaceships that we can then, an arc basically, to collect maybe two by two of only the chosen ones in the world so that they can go to Mars as we terraform Mars because we've been practicing this with the, the air, the contrails of airplanes for the last several decades. So all of this comes together. Now, just think that through. And how many people that involves? And how many people would have to keep that a secret? Okay? Just put all that together and then ask yourself. Is um, that viable and feasible? Is, isn't it easier that just... Tell it's us. Just, it, it's, no, isn't it, it easier to just tell us we're going to die? <laughs> no, 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 no. Isn't it just... A simpler explanation to say, uh, no, the government doesn't have this kind of secret information about the night sky because anyone else could then have access to it, and there's no way they can keep that a secret. Right. On top of that, we just have someone as a modern-day Thomas Edison, and he's building and inventing stuff. Exactly. And it's great, and we all look forward to whatever the next— and he's very transparent about his successes and his failures. Whole YouTube compilations of his rockets that blew up on the launch pad. That's so okay? true. None of this sounds like a secret to me. That's all. Okay. You know what? That's um, that was an extremely salient and thoughtful answer to oh, give to this question thank because you. you know. See, and this is why you're an educator because me, I'm just like, man, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> but and I don't mean that to you, Travis. I'm not talking it to you. It a little more patience. Yeah, I'm not as patient as what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, you know, like okay. come on and let's. You know, but but no, that that I, I think that's I think it's good that people hurt you kind of walk through because what you just said is applicable to any conspiracy that you might subscribe Correct. to. Correct. And my favorite version of these is, I think I saw it in a meme, but I can, I'll just retell it. So uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin of Apollo 11 fame agreed to fake the moon landing 
But they really wanted to be as authentic looking as possible and urged NASA to do it on location. And NASA agreed. <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. I love it. <laughs> so, so there you have it. All right, Chuck, next question. All righty, let's go to Belt Fed Joe. <laughs> Belt Fed? Yes. Okay. Belt Fed Joe from Tucson, Arizona. I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but uh, apparently Belt Fed does. Apparently. Whereas Mama did. Yeah, somebody somebody (laughs) knows the deal. uh, Not uh, us. Yeah. And he says uh, uh, that uh, uh, Arizona is the astronomy mecca. Now, I thought it was New Mexico, Neil, but he says it's Arizona. You know, is there an astronomy mecca? Uh, yeah, I would say Hawaii. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, because they have a 14,000-foot mountain, uh, the big island where you're above clouds, and we have telescopes there. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so if there were one that would be— is that, so is that— if, if I had to pick a state where you say the most significant astronomy happens, right. Arizona would be maybe a close second. Close second? Here's Arizona's claim to fame. Go ahead. Ready? Okay, in Tucson, Arizona, right. the nearest town to— nearest. Uh, important city to an observatory called Kitt Peak. Okay. They have a relationship, Kitt Peak Observatory and Tucson. Kitt Peak said, in order for us to continue to do our science, you can't keep making your city brighter at night because you'll interfere with our observations. So let's work together to reduce the nighttime illumination. Mm. Uh, It creates a sky glow and interferes with your ability to see the stars at night. So they got together, and all the streetlights have these sort of caps on them so that the light only points downward. And And by the way, if it only points downward, you don't need half the wattage you previously had to illuminate the sky. Think about it. If you're flying over a city in an airplane and you see a streetlight, somebody is paying... To have that streetlight send photons to you in the sky in your seat in the airplane. What the hell good is that? So this is very sensible recommendations, which saves the town money, saves the astronomical dark skies. And this set of ordinances, the dark sky ordinances, have been copied by many other cities around the world. Well, there you go, belt-fed Joe. You uh, <laughs> you may not be the astronomical mecca, but you certainly are super important. That's cool. Yes, and New Mexico also has a quite a, a fun suite of telescopes. Right. So as and so both together, I would say. All right. And why? Because they, there's a lot of desert climate within them, and you don't put a telescope in a rainforest, right? You put it where there's no clouds or a minimum of clouds. And New Mexico, Arizona, Southern California uh, satisfy that. Okay. All right, so this is what he says. Are the sizes, masses of planets proportional to the distance between planets? Is the composition a factor? Are there any exceptions? That's a great question, because you might ask, if I have a lot of space between me and my nearing neighboring planets, did I eat everything? Right. All right, and would I then be the biggest planet? Right. Okay, you could think about it that way. Um, There's some truth to that, perhaps. Um, Jupiter's big. It's the biggest planet of them all. Right. But Saturn has more room between it and Jupiter and it and Uranus 
than Jupiter has between it and Mars and it and Saturn. Mm. So it's not a direct one-to-one relationship. Right. So, because, in fact, Saturn is twice as far away from the sun as Jupiter is. And then Uranus is twice again as far away, right? So, so there's way more space out there, but it doesn't always mean this. And by the way, when you look at early modelings of the formations of the solar systems, stuff—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a shooting gallery. It's—it's—it's it's, it's mean back yeah. then. Stuff yeah. is slamming in, and it's a pinball it machine. It's a pinball machine. Yeah, but where the where the balls stick together, or, <laughs> no, where they stick together or blow each other apart, right? <laughs> one one or the other. Worst pinball game ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when we do this. It's a, um, when you run those simulations, you find many objects that might have hung around and collected more material competing with the material you want to collect. It gets ejected from the solar system entirely or sent down to, to plunge into the sun and vaporize. So it doesn't precisely work that way. But I say by and large, if you have a bigger sort of gravitational zone, we would expect you to be bigger. Mm, but it's not a perfect. It's not a perfect relationship. All right, cool. Nice question. Yeah, and by the way, question, he, yeah. he ended by saying Tyson Nye, twenty twenty. Okay, might be a little late for you to get on the ballot, but still, there's the sentiment. Okay, all right, there you go. All right, let's go to Michael G. Thompson from Facebook, and Michael says, "If I was on an alien planet, many light years away, but I had a telescope, a powerful telescope, powerful enough to see people on distant planets." What would be possible based on how far away my alien planet is? Would it be possible for me to see actual Roman battles taking place if I were looking here at Earth? Yes. If you are at the distance in light years from Earth that corresponded to the time in the past that those Roman battles took place. So when, when did you have the Colosseum? Let's just say 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. The time of Jesus, right? Because that's the whole storyline there. Right. Um, and so find a star 2,000 light years away. Get, park yourself on a planet there. You have to do that now. And get a nice big telescope, aim it towards Earth, and you will see the Roman Colosseum in real time. Wow. Well, delayed time. <laughs> right, exactly. In, in real right, delayed in, time. In your real time... Correct. In their gone time. <laughs> right. And uh, there's a galaxy, I forget, is it M101 or M100? There's a, a beautiful spiral galaxy that's 65 million light years away from the Milky Way. Gotcha. So you know I want to go there and look back. Right. What do I get to see? The beginning of everything here. You know, 65 well, million years ago? Well, not the beginning ever. of everything, but the beginning of what we, you know, this, this crap. 65, Chuck, 65 million years ago? Was it, on, wasn't that the dinosaurs? Than... Yes, thank That's you. That's what I said. The beginning no, of everything now. The beginning of this crap, I called it. I forget that's which... what you. That's what, that's what you'd write on an exam trying to get partial credit because exactly. you didn't remember it was dinosaurs. I said, I said dinosaurs. But anyway, I was trying to think After of... I wrenched it out of you. No, I was but, trying yeah. to think which, which scene it was. Like, you know, is it the... Pleistocene. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I was trying to think of, but and they so they got a little bit of a renaming, so it's, it's no longer the KT boundary. Okay, um, and but uh, there's a more accurate, less memorable name that it's been given. Okay, uh, but the, the point is that boundary, the 65 million year ago boundary, uh, an asteroid struck Earth, uh, took out the dinosaurs, that's it. wreaked havoc. Uh, you would bear witness to that, right, from this galaxy 65 million years ago. That's so cool. And you couldn't even say lookout. You couldn't even, 
<laughs> what? Well, you can't warn anybody. You can't yet, warn anybody. Stuff Just, already happened. You got to sit there and watch it because you're watching a you're watching a rerun. Damn, it's, it's already happened. A rerun. And so, so the point is, you can't go there from here to see your past, right? Well, no. So you could if you could beat the light beam, right? So that, see, that's so. Let me ask you this: What you just said now that sparks in me this. Okay, you can't get there, but if you were already there, you could see the yes. past. So Correct. now that says, all right, why is it then that we can move up and down, back and forward, left and right on this axis, right? But we can't move back in time. If theoretically, like we can't, not even theoretically, we can't do it. You got, so let me, you, you got to beat the light in order to do it. Let me, let me re-ask your question. You're saying... If time is a coordinate like yeah. all the other coordinates, right. and we can move back and forth in X, Y, and Z, why can't we move back and forth in time? Right. Because, is that your question? Yes. Yes, okay. So, it is, it is indeed true. We are prisoners of the present, forever transitioning from our inaccessible past to our unknowable future. Now, oh, see, man. I asked you a question, and you done turned it into a doggone <laughs> poetry slam. No. <laughs> just saying. I mean, that is beautiful what you just said. It's gorgeous, but, uh, yeah. So, um, it would be very interesting if you could step out of your timeline and then rejoin yourself. Um, yeah. At, at, either in your future or in your past. and But that kind of would imply that your timeline is predetermined. Oh, oh, okay. In the same way, the coordinate, the coordinate is right because that coordinates right. are definitely predetermined. If I step over there, right, I'm, that's right. been there. It's waiting for me to step there. Interesting. Right? It doesn't invent itself as I arrive. Right. It's there. Okay. So, oh, so to, now, oh, wait, wait, hang on. We got to take a break. Oh crap, man! Because <laughs> I got to know back. this. <laughs> you bring up predetermination, <laughs> and then you said we got to take a break. Yeah, time for a break. You rested my therapist <laughs> just when I'm about to have a breakthrough. He's like, and that's all we have time for today. <laughs> all right. When we come back, more cosmic queries, galactic gumbo edition. We're talking about, uh, I guess, in this moment, time travel. When we return. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Hey, it's time to give a Patreon shout-out to the following Patreon patrons. Jennifer Cell Knapp and Chris Reynolds. Guys, thank you so much. Without you, we couldn't do this show. And for anyone else listening who would like their very own Patreon shout-out, please go to patreon.com slash Radio and support us. Chuck, have you calmed down? Have <laughs> 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 you therapist on speed dial? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you, you asked a very important question. Why can't we move on our time coordinate? Right. If it is what every, what the physicists say it is, it's just another, it's just another coordinate. Exactly. Like three. Right. No, it, it is a little different because it, it, we are prisoners of its present. 
Right. That, that's why it's it's a little different. But if you could step out of that coordinate, yeah, you could go backwards. You and could forward, go backwards and forth. So 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 now that so then you bring up this is more philosophical than it is, you know, physics. But you know, I'm going to ask. Um, speaking of stepping out, so that you know connotes uh, infers. Uh, um, the un, the unfolding of time as Wait, a, we we infer if your mama were here we infer it implies it implies correct okay. right I was I was about to say what, I'm was your mother infer- an English teacher yes she was I was I, what I should have said was I'm inferring yes, <laughs> that's okay. what I should have said mm-hmm. but uh, because I'm not sure if it implies but I'm inferring that that would um, that would connote the unfolding of time as opposed to the predetermination of time. If what? If, we're, if we lack the ability to step out of these coordinates mm-hmm. and look at our timeline, thereby being able to identify a point in the past and go back, does that mean that being a prisoner of the present means that the present is not determined? Because there are some people who believe in predetermination. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean maybe predetermination. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Oh, okay, because <laughs> that's a rough, that's a crazy thing that you just. Yeah, which, up. Which, are you suggesting that if you could step out, right, it would require that it's predetermined? Yes. So the fact that we can't step out is the evidence that maybe we have free will. And you know, that's it's funny because when you see when you say it that way, free will, be, I think, brings in a completely different philosophical discipline. But I, mm-hmm. but but I, I look at it more as a and it. As a present unfolding, more so than I look at free will, which which means that we have some influence, okay? Maybe not free will, because that's so philosophical, but we have some influence. Like Yeah, yeah the problem is if you rejoined yourself in the past and you changed something that prevented you from stepping out of your future, then you could not have rejoined you yourself in the past. Damn. So, so there's a it's it's a ton, it's a it's a causality conjecture violation, right? Um, which Stephen Hawking had proposed that he suggested there will never be backwards time travel, and one day we will discover why. Um, and it's it's a time it's, it's a prote- time protection conjecture. Wow! Where yeah, because you you can't go back in time and prevent your parents from meeting, then you would have never been born to have gone back in time to have prevented your parents from meeting. Wow! So you, you've got to avoid those kinds of paradoxes. Gotcha. And it may be that there's a law of physics that prevents it. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. By the way, this brings me to Superman, if I may. Uh oh. I always love when we talk Superman, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, this I've said this in some other videos, but here and now it's relevant. Okay. I got a call from DC Comics some years ago. Okay. And they wanted to have Superman visit the Hayden Planetarium. All right. Okay. By the way, that's, I mean, you know, just another afternoon in the life of <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, hi, Neil. Well, hello. Uh, this is DC Comics. Just want to know if Superman could drop by. Okay. All right. <laughs> Oh, that's great. You that, could have visited too. That, I didn't I know. I wasn't against that. Oh, that is so good. That is so, so good. But go ahead. They, so they, they wanted to know Superman could visit the Hayden Planetary. And I said they wanted my permission. I said, sure. And then they said, well, do you mind if he meets you in this? And I said, but of sure. Okay. Okay. Of course he, we, we can meet. And then I asked what the storyline was. The storyline was... Um, he wants to use the observing capabilities of the planetarium to look back at Krypton to see it get destroyed. 
Gotcha. Okay. Because he did a calculation to realize that the light from that episode, which is when he was born, mm-hmm. was finally reaching Earth. Right. And so he wanted to witness this. So I said, all right, wait. All right. I said, wait. Uh, you can't just do that unless one of two things happens. Either he traveled here in a wormhole. Okay. Beating the beam of light. Right. Okay? Because you can't go faster than the speed of light, but you might be able to get places faster than the speed of light. Well, well, so he has to, right, he has to tunnel through space in some kind of way. Right. And and we do know that he arrived in, you know, Moses style in a basket. Right. Not much older than when he was launched. He shall deliver my people. (laughs) Okay, so... So, Go ahead. you know, and, and infants, you, you can tell when they've aged weeks and even months, right. right? So here's an infant. It's really no older when it arrived than when it was launched. So it got here basically instant, or, excuse me, or it traveled at the speed of light and didn't age. Right. But if it traveled at the speed of light, then the speed of light of the dying civilization would have arrived at the same time he did. Right, so thereby rendering it impossible for him to for look him back to at his past. past. So right. I told him it's got to be a wormhole. Gotcha. And they said, oh, great, great. And they're taking notes. And they're right. writing it down. I said, huh, fine. So, so we do this. And then I said, well, how old is Superman? Because this will depend on how, you know, how far away the star is from Earth. Okay? Because if... <laughs> If he was launched when he was born, mm-hmm. at whatever age he is now, that's how many light years away the thing is. Right. Okay? That's how that works. Right. So they said he's eternally in his late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay. Right. By the way, Neil, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him, I said, do you, have, um, do you want me to find you a star? A red star, like Krypton. Do you want me to find you a red star at about that distance? And we could just declare that to be Superman's home home planet. And they said, you could do that? I said, yeah, there's a bajillion stars out there. Went to the catalog, found a star, found a red star, found a red star 27 light years away, and boom, there it is. So now in Superman canon, there is this star, an actual star in the night sky, which is where he came from. Wow. And so, and he comes and then he observes it. And he's very sad because he, he knew it happened intellectually, but then he sees it as we recreate the image at the Hayden Planetarium. So that's actually done in, in Action Comics 14. All right. that That's a really cool story. Okay. Action I, Comics 14. Action it's Comics there. 14. I got to give it to you, man. That is a really cool And by story. the way, I was a, a little a little chubby then. I'm, I'm a little chubby now. But I so I said to the illustrator, I said, if it makes no difference to you... Could you take off a few pounds? <laughs> I, just, I just asked. And they said, Dr. Tyson, this is the world of the comics. Everyone looks good. Yeah, we're going to give you a six-pack. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Yeah, so I'm, I'm there sort of standing poised right. as, as I did in my youth. All right. Um, and so, yeah, it was a fun. If you want to find it, Action Comics 14. All right, that's super cool, man. All right. It's in there. I guess we should move on, even though, yeah, I mean... I guess so. I guess God. So. <laughs> I, I, right, next question. But okay. that's, that's precisely related to that question. Yeah, it was. Can you see, can you see something in the past? Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Portuguese for Americans says this. Portuguese for Americans. He says... Portuguese. Portuguese. Uh, uh, he says, what would happen if something 
made Earth rotate in the opposite direction. Speaking of Superman, by the way, I did not plan this. I swear to God, I did not plan this. I just happened to look down, and this was the next question that jumped out. I didn't even know it was coming up. And he says, as Christopher Reeves did in the Superman movie, I can't believe that just happened, but that this is this is kismet. It must be meant to be. Uh, so go ahead. Wait, what's the question? Oh yeah, what would happen if you actually did rotate the Earth backwards? What would happen oh, to okay, Earth? Okay. So you stop us first of all. You stop us, and then you start us in the other way. What happens? Uh, okay, so we all, um, we all first, die. You don't want this to happen. <laughs> we all die. We all die. <laughs> That's the answer. Next question. <laughs> I was joking. I really don't know what happens. Uh, what happens? It reminds me, I, I recently tweeted about, I do tweet this every five years or so. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if you took all the veins, arteries, and capillaries out of your body and tied them end to end, okay, you would die. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> all right, that's a funny joke, though, by the way, man. That's, uh, so I put that out there. I like um, that. And then people get all serious with it. You realize you would die before you had the chance to tie them into oh. you know, people trying to analyze it. Well, now, welcome um, to my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Your premise is untenable, sir. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let's just I, say you, you, you slow us down to a stop okay, and then so you no, go no, no, back no, no, the other wor- way. It's worse than that. Okay. It's worse than Have that. Have you ever been going fast in your car? Yep. And, and someone puts on the brakes yep. in a steady slowdown, but it's it's... You put on the brakes steady. In a steady slowdown, you feel yourself leaning forward the entire time the brakes are applied. Thank God I have the active restraint seatbelt, which actually grabs me and pulls me back because you're still going forward. You're, you're still feeling, you're still feeling that forward okay. motion. Okay. While the earth is slowing down, everyone will f- lean east. What? Okay. All right. This is cool. All right. Everybody will be leaning at exactly the same angle east, depending on how quickly we slow ourselves down. Right. Okay. So, so what what you'll think of as vertical will be a lean at that point. Okay. Right. And you'll stay there until we stop. And as we come to a stop, then you'll stand erect again. Okay. But. Then we're not rotating, so one side of the Earth will always face the sun. But this didn't last that long, right? Because he sped right. the Earth he up. Right, he sped it's right back. Okay, so that's fine because otherwise you get une- very unequal heating of the Earth, and that could wreak havoc climactically. But then he quickly sped us up and had us go the other. So then you lean because now you were decelerating. Now you're any accelerating. And anytime there's an acceleration, you're going to feel that as a sort of a constant, right? Sort of lean. Okay. Because the same force that slows you down and speeds you up in the other direction is the same force operating the whole time. Wow. Okay? Okay. So, in other words, he's pushing against the rotation of the Earth. Right. And you lean against that, but he just keeps going through zero and and, and rotates us back the other way. Right. So, that same force does that. You'll feel that lean, but then he has to stop that and then send it back the other way. So, then you'll all be leaning the other direction. <laughs> Until we're back to our normal speed. But nothing would have happened to the timeline. There is no backwards time. That is nothing. Now, what about the things that are not the the physical characteristics of the Earth that are not nailed down? Like the oceans and stuff like that. Oh, oh, so sorry. So all the oceans would slosh up. So the Atlantic Ocean would begin to slosh up 
onto Europe and uh, in Africa. Oh, okay. And the Pacific would slosh up onto... Thank you, I forgot all about that. Because the ocean is not, is not um, stepping on the, with friction to the earth. It'll right. just slosh with it. Yeah, so you'll basically flood all the continents. So, okay. So th- all right, so there you go. All right. The, well, it depends on how abruptly so you do it. basically, Superman killed everybody <laughs> on killed Earth everybody. when he did... When, just to save Lois Lane. Who, just to save way, Lois. By the way, in the words of Donald Trump, not that hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm told by people in the know that there's a reason for that. Okay, what is it? Because they, if, if Lois Lane were a beauty queen, right, then you, as an average person, would not have access to Superman. Because if you're, you know you're not as beautiful as the singular beauty queen. Right. So they drop her down a few notches, closer to sort of your average person. And, that, and then if you're an average person, then you can say, oh, I could I, one day. I can bag Superman. <laughs> I'm hot enough for Shut. Superman. I'm hot enough. You know, you say, well, if Lois Lane can do it, then I can do it. I can get him. <laughs> I can get him. Mm-hmm. That would be totally the, the, the mindset. Right, exactly. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, so now the, the problem is, if he had stopped it abruptly, then we'd all fall over and roll due east 800 miles an hour. Oh, and sweet. then that would be the end of anything that's not attached to the earth. Nice. Yeah, so if, but the fact that he did it slowly means there's a chance you could survive. Right. If, if you have a boat. <laughs> yeah, if you have a boat. <laughs> Chuck, we got to end it there. Oh, crap. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Oh, it was fun. It was these fun. are so much Good fun. Like the gumbo. And since they don't fit a category, they're their own. Uh, they have their own flavor. We got to do more. All right, Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. Tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Thank you, sir. You. I don't follow many people. I follow you. Well, thank you. I follow you, too. To the, uh, end, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> to the ends of even, the Even when Superman is sloshing it full of water. <laughs> you got it. Uh, Star Talk, Cosmic Queries. Neil deGrasse Tyson, as always, keep looking up. 